Her long national nightmare is over because IU basketball is officially back tonight. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Monday, October, excuse me, November 7th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank each and every one of you for making us your first listen every single day. Big shout out to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to uh, faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. There's no more pretending. There's no more qualifiers that it's only an exhibition game. IU basketball is officially back tonight with a real regular season game. We're going to preview that, uh, recap Saturday's football game, a lot to dive into there, and then also talk about the women's basketball scrimmage uh, later on in the show. But let's start off with what everybody is most excited about, IU men's basketball. They return to the court tonight against Moorhead State at 7 p.m. for their first regular season game of the year. Game obviously at Assembly Hall will be on BTN Plus. These two teams have met five times, uh, the most recent and the only within the last two decades was back on December 5th of 2015. The 6-3 and three, uh, Indiana Hoosiers won 92-59 over Moorhead State. Put up 50 points in the first half of that one. Led by the names you would expect. Uh, Yogi had 15 points. Troy Williams had 16 points. James Blackman had 15 points. Thomas Bryant had 14 points. Max Bielfeld had 12 points off the bench. Uh, I don't think that'll be the last time we reference the 2015-16 team this season. I hope there are a lot of references to them because that was the last um, really good IU basketball team. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to, to cite them multiple times this season. But that was the last meeting against Moorhead State. Hey, last time we played them, won a Big Ten title. Maybe this is a thing we need to start doing as regular games against Moorhead State if this year ends in a Big Ten title as well. Little note from IU in their uh, media notes before the game. IU is 25-0 and against teams currently in the Ohio Valley Conference. I would hope they would be 25-0. and It's a Moorhead State team that was picked first to win the conference, but it's the Ohio Valley Conference. And look, the main thing about tonight is the games matter now. Uh, we've spent the last week or so talking about these exhibition games with all sorts of qualifiers of it's a preseason game. It's a scrimmage. Nobody's taking this seriously. Uh, we're playing NAIA teams. We're vastly over overmatching them, basically. We had so much height against both those teams. All of that was fair. It needed to be said. None of that applies. Now, this is a real game. And I am excited. I can watch this and not have to uh, curb my excitement 
with any of those qualifiers that, ooh, Jalen hood Shafino looks really good, but he is also playing, you know, NAIA guys. Is he going to be able to do this in a regular game? I would imagine he's going to be able to do it against Moorhead State, but we won't have to imagine anymore because in a couple hours, depending on when you're listening to this, he's actually going to be playing in that game. And look, IU doesn't have a ton of time to ease into the schedule. They have two warm-up games before heading to Xavier for their first uh, test of the season. So mentality change needs to happen right away. Uh, If there was anybody that was kind of maybe not coasting, but um, treating the last two games like the scrimmages that they were, that has to change right away because you need to get ready, locked in, and prepared uh, in these two games before you immediately go on the road against a um, quality opponent. And that's something IU didn't do last season hardly at all. They're going to do it a lot this year. So this is a test. These are your two games where um, you play Moorhead State, you play Bethune-Cookman, and then it's right into Xavier. So uh, get the, the kinks out. Iron out the wrinkles, all that, in these first two games. Um, I mean, to me, one of the biggest things I want to see as well is just, and you're not going to do this entirely or really at all against Moorhead State, but start proving that preseason hype. Uh, We've kind of tried to give both sides. I feel like I've tried to give both sides of the argument uh, when it comes to why this IU team should and shouldn't have a lot of expectations around it. We're going to have... Andy Patton, who is uh, the host of the new Locked On College Basketball podcast. We're going to have him come on later this week, and I'm going to kind of ask that to him, how an an outsider, someone not within the IU circle, views this IU team, uh, because there are fair questions around them, but start proving that the hype was legitimate, that the expectations were legitimate. Again, you can't prove that against Moorhead State, but you can disprove that. Uh, if you come out and look bad and struggle, immediately people are going to start saying, well, see, I told you so. They shouldn't have been ranked or they shouldn't have had been the Big Ten favorite, all this and all that. So start proving some of that hype, um, making good on your potential, uh, and start setting a really high bar for this season by coming out of the gate strong in this one. I'm excited. Those Trace Jackson Davis dunks are going to count now. The three-pointers, the Jalen hood Shafino behind-the-back layups, all that stuff is actually going to go into the scorebook and onto the stat sheet officially now. So cannot wait for this game tonight. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. We'll be live-tweeting the game. Uh, There's a decent chance, depending on how things go, uh, that I... uh, We'll have a live show afterwards. We'll see how that goes, but be sure to follow on on Twitter to join in on that live show. Also, subscribe on YouTube uh, to catch us live once we do. Uh, If I don't do it this week, it's going to happen during the season. I'm recording a a future episode tomorrow night, so it's just a matter of uh, how quick the IU game moves and things like that. So be sure to... Follow us on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, all of that stuff. Let's, after all these highs, all this excitement, we got to talk about whatever IU football did on Saturday because that was a low, unlike the programs had in some time, 
and uh, there needs to be so some honest truths and, and some so a lot of self reflection on this one. We'll try to figure out what in the world happened uh, with this IU football team here in a moment. First, let's talk about today's sponsor. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's simple. Everybody's been on LinkedIn. Just go to the Jobs tab. Um, create your free job posting with LinkedIn jo- LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. Add your job, the purple hiring frame, to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Then you have simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Um, Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on jobs. That's linkedin.com slash locked on jobs to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Big thanks again to all of you guys for making us your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. IU football, oh boy. Uh, Saturday was a new low for this program. They fall to Penn State at home, 45-14. to 14. Uh, Anyone who tuned into that game knows that that even is a very generous scoreline. This, uh, th- this program's in a free fall right now. Uh, garbage time in this game started about m- midway through the third quarter, if not earlier than that. Uh, Penn State had a staggering 16 tackles for loss. Six sacks and four quarterback hurries. Neither one of those seem accurate. It felt like more of both. Um, I This was as bad as IU football has looked under Tom Allen, and it was bad last year. It's I, I'm struggling to find words. First, we got to talk about the quarterback situation. We mentioned it a couple times last week. I did a whole show on it last week, or at least a segment where – we talked about apparently there was a starting quarterback change. Connor Bazelak was banged up. Now, Tom Allen said he expects him back next week. Fair. What IU did with the quarterback position is inexplicable. Jack Tuttle, who is in the transfer portal, is not going to be a part of this program in two months, looking at the calendar. Uh, not even that long, about five, six weeks, he's gone. He's going somewhere else, not a part of this program. Inexplicably, Jack Tuttle started. Unfortunately, I have no ill feelings to Jack Tuttle. I encourage him to go elsewhere where he can hopefully start and enjoy his final year as a full-time starter. I hope that the fact that he was injured pretty early on in this contest does not impact that because I want him to be healthy and succeed just like I wanted Michael Penix to be healthy and succeed at Washington. But, yeah, he got hurt, and 
Brendan Soresby, true freshman who was not dressing early in the season, was the one who came in to take snaps after that. Um, I mean, if you go way back, we talked about uh, Soresby when we did our episode on this IU football recruiting class with our college football recruiting expert. Um, he tabbed Soresby as someone that was kind of this hidden gem uh, in this recruiting class. He showed a couple things. He has a huge arm. Um, he wasn't good, uh, to be blunt. He looked like a true freshman thrown out there in a situation he wasn't ready for. Three for six, eight yards, one interception. And at this point, well before this point, everybody was just confused where Dexter Williams was. Which made it all the more bizarre that eventually Dexter Williams takes the field looking completely healthy and looking like the best quarterback of the of everyone that played for IU. Granted, he was doing it not against the first team for Penn State, but it wasn't even close. The offense looked best when Dexter Williams was out there. It's It was inexplicable in every sense. Now, Dexter Williams did have two interceptions. One of them was tipped. Um... One of them was just a bad throw. It was his first collegiate snap, so I, I wasn't surprised by the bad throw. When the tipped one was kind of out of his control, the defense was in his face right away. Um, Tom Allen said post game that he views Soresby and Williams as equals, kind of on equal footing, which I oh, I don't. We're not there to watch. We saw the the evidence in the game that they weren't even close to equals in that contest. My problem with that statement is Dexter Williams was seen as the heir apparent two years ago. When IU went to Wisconsin for that memorable win in 2020 that Jack Tuttle started, Dexter Williams was the backup quarterback. He was the guy in waiting. He lost 2021 to an injury. You can't control that. If we are two years removed from that game, almost exactly, off by a couple weeks, and Dexter Williams is on equal footing with a true freshman that was unheralded and committed very late in the process, then that is a massive indictment on the development of your players within your program. Now, I don't think Dexter Williams is on equal footing with Brendan Soresby. I... It doesn't matter now because Connor Bazak's coming back, and he was. I mean, look, that ends the debate about switching quarterbacks because I was sitting up here telling you guys it is it is does not matter in the least who the quarterback is. The offensive line is so bad, everyone's gonna look bad, and we had three different quarterbacks come in on Saturday and look awful. Stop clamoring to bench Bazak. It that's kind of my biggest thing right now is there is no quick fix to get out of this mess Indiana is in there is no quarterback change that's going to do anything there is no positional change that's going to do anything firing Tom Allen isn't an option it's not going to happen that is upwards of over 20 million dollars to fire him and however much of his staff you're going to let go with just it's not happening IU is not committing that much money you can call them unserious. I don't, I mean, 
IU has put a lot of money into this program in recent years. And if you want to, if you want a, another perspective on this, Zach Osterman wrote a really good article in the Indy star, just kind of where do you go from here, which is the worst question you can ask as a program, but that's where we're at. Um, but IU is not firing Tom Allen. He is going to be around. The offensive line isn't going to be fixed in one week as we is very evident. And this is such a systemic problem within the program that it's probably not going to be fixed in one off season either. So this is, this is just an all around terrible spot. This is as bad as it's been for Tom Allen as IU coach. And for a number of years prior to that, this is as bad as it's been. I'm not sure it's going to get any prettier the rest of this year. I mean, they play Ohio state next week. That's going to be awful. Um, and so after that, maybe you salvage something with a rivalry win over Michigan state or Purdue. It's not going to make this season feel any better. It's not going to make the outlook of the program feel any better. And like I said, this is just kind of to steal a phrase from Osterman in that article. It's just kind of some uncomfortable truths right now. Um, IU is in a really bad place and there is not an easy way to get out of it. It's wild to say that two years removed from where we were um, following that Wisconsin game, even leading up to the, uh, 2021 season, you could say, uh, within the last 16 months, this program has plummeted, but that's where we're at right now. It's frustrating. It's disappointing. I, I don't even really have the answers at this point. It's a lot of the same stuff over and over. Like the offensive line is just, I I'm out of superlatives for it. It just is awful. Uh, defenses are well aware at this point that if you just bring pressure, you're getting home. There is no risk there. And that's how the rest of the season is going to play out there. I, it's not going to be pretty. I don't know that the future is going to look any prettier right now. So it's just, I, there is no one move that is going to get IU out of this right now. I, I know the comments are going to say fire Tom Allen. I don't think he's the right guy. I mean, it's clearly going spiraling in the wrong direction. It's not happening. They're not paying $20 million to fire him. They needed a bunch of boosters to step up to buy out Archie Miller's contract. And those boosters don't exist in any way for football. So it is simply not happening. Point blank period. I'm sorry if that's not what you want to hear. Uh, but the changes are going to have to come around to Tom Allen, not Tom Allen himself, at least not right now. Next season when that buyout reduces, if this doesn't drastically improve, he probably is gone, but figure out something else to complain about because uh, Tom Allen isn't going anywhere and it's, it's not fun to talk about, but IU is going to head into Ohio state. Um, I kind of guessed that they would be about a 40 point underdog to Ohio state. They're a 41 point underdog. It's going to be abysmal. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that. What I am looking forward to is a women's basketball team. They had their, scrimmage on friday let's finish this episode on a high note because boy did they look good 
in that one. Before we talk about how awesome that team looked, let's talk about one of our awesome sponsors, Bet Online. I just referenced uh, the odds for IU's game on Saturday. I found those on Bet Online because Bet Online is your number one source for betting uh, for both football and the start of the NBA and college basketball seasons. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. With live betting and up-to-the-minute scores, whether it is MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, these guys have you covered. Soccer as well. Head to the website or use your phone, mobile device, iPad, whatever it is to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. IU women took to the court on Friday night for their lone scrimmage of the season uh, against Kentucky Wesleyan. Uh, well, right off the bat, there was a surprise. I used starting lineup. We knew that McKenzie Holmes would be part of it. We knew that Grace Berger would be part of it. We correctly assumed that Sarah Scalia would be part of it. Uh, for one, we had kind of penciled in Sydney Parrish as a starter. Surprisingly, it was freshman Yarden Garzon who started. And then Chloe Moore McNeil took that final spot. Garzon, a, a bigger body that, uh, added a little more size to the front court. 6-3 guard, um, kind of a, a wing player to, to, again, give you some more size so you aren't starting super small. Garzon had some moments. She didn't look awful. Uh, three points, five assists, four rebounds. Um, wasn't bad. Sydney Parrish was still the first sub, and she came in right away very early on, about three or four minutes into the game for Chloe Moore McNeil. What was very apparent is that if this scrimmage is any indication, um, IU's going to rotate bodies a lot. There were a lot of people that played. Starting five plus Sydney Parrish all played uh, 20 minutes. Mackenzie Holmes only played 19 technically. Lexus Bargasser was out there for 12 minutes. Uh, she factored into the rotation. Alyssa Geary was out there with the uh, starters at times. Caitlin Peterson was out there at the starters at, uh, at times. So that's about eight or nine bodies already that the Hoosiers are going to be able to play, which considering last season when Holmes went down, there was about six, maybe seven people that could play. It's a drastic improvement. Uh, one of the big questions as well was the defense. Uh, they pretty much looked as good as last year's defense from the get-go. Again, all the qualifiers that applied to the IU men's team in the last week apply here. It was a preseason game against a Division II school. But the defense was legit. Uh, Kentucky Wesleyan was forced into shooting long-range shots. Um, seven of their 12 attempts in the first quarter were three-pointers. Uh, and then seven of 12 in the second quarter was three-pointers. So 14 of their 24 attempts in the first half were three-pointers. And they were four of 14 on them. So they weren't good. They were five of 22 from three overall. They were 18 of 49 from the field. The defense was legitimate. They forced a, a handful of shot clock violations. They really turned things up once the benches got in. The, the Kentucky Wesleyan had 27 turnovers. To be fair, um, at least half of those, more than half those, I would say, about 15 of those probably came in the second half where IU just had a, a huge talent discrepancy. What was also noticeable is IU is just bigger on the perimeter between um, Garzon that we mentioned, between Sydney Parrish, 
uh, who's going to play a fair amount of guard. They're just a bigger team on the perimeter. Um, Geary was able to be a bit of a rim protector as well, and that's something that um, I think Terry Morin is going to want to see more of, is having her be more of a rim protector. So a lot of positives defensively. A lot of people played point guard at times. Grace Berger played a fair amount of it. Sarah Scalia, obviously. Chloe Moore McNeil brought the ball up a lot. I think all three of those are going to play point guard or initiate the offense at the very least at times this season. All three looked comfortable doing it. Nine players played in that first quarter, as I said. So a lot of bodies in early on when actual rotation players were still playing. So a lot of positives to take away from this one. Mackenzie Holmes looked fantastic. 22 points, 11 of 14 shooting. Uh, as we kind of thought, having that spacing le- left her one-on-one with defenders a lot. And she has way too many post moves not to win those battles against most people. Grace Berger, 16, 9, and 5. 6 of 9 shooting. As awesome as always. Sarah Scalia, 14 points. 3 of 9 from 3. Uh, Garzon knocked down a 3-pointer. Uh, Sydney Parrish, when she came in, immediately uh, scored five points in the first about 60 seconds on the floor. Knocked down a three, got a layup as well, had a couple of assists. Just all around a lot of positives from this one. They'll be in action tomorrow. We're going to preview that game tomorrow, though, but uh, just as excited to see them play this season. Kentucky Wesleyan, here's your two fun facts about them. For one, something I have never seen before, they have co-head coaches. Uh, Caleb and Nicole Neiman are co-head women's basketball coaches, uh, and married. Um, I earnestly have never seen that before. That was absolutely wild. Uh, they also have a player on the roster by the name of Shia, S-H-I-Y-A, Shia Hoosier. I don't know how she didn't end up at Indiana. Thanks again, guys, for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. As I said, we're going to recap the men's game, preview the women's game. Should be a fun show. We have some guests lined up this week as well. So be sure you guys are subscribed for your next listen. Check out the locked on sports today podcast, biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. As I said, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. All of that awesome stuff. Most importantly, though, guys, uh, IU basketball's back. Go Hoosiers. Enjoy the day today. Hopefully your Monday's a little quicker with IU basketball coming up tonight. And as always, even when the team sucks, LEO.